0: All right, what's up, Freedom Chasers? If you are looking to grow a brokerage, we have the show for you today. Our guest has recruited over 800 agents in just the past three and a half years, and she is going to tell us exactly how she did it right now. Welcome to the Freedom Chasers Six Figure Strategies Podcast. If you're an agent or an investor yet to hit six figures, this is the show for you. We take a deep dive into strategies to help you achieve the goal of six figures so that you can grow up to seven figures eventually. All right, guys, meet Melanie McGuire, fellow franchisee of First Class Real Estate. She is owner of First Class Real Estate Premier Group, and she's an absolute rock star when it comes to recruiting. Melanie, thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yep, we'd love to jump right into it. So let's just 10,000-put view of your recruiting strategy. Let's start there, and we'll just kind of dig deeper into it as we go.
1: Okay, cool. So, you know, opening the brokerage, obviously we knew we had to recruit. Charles Benton and I are partners on this, and he started with six agents. He had them before at another brokerage. So we really wanted to scale. So my focus was going to be full-on recruiting every day, all day long. What do I have to do to grow? So, um, you know, our strategy was just to post on, you know, platforms like Indeed and Wise Hire and start to get some traction going. And we got a lot of Agents coming in. And so for us, it was the strategy for me, as always, even with past clients, is what can I do to help? You know, it's not just about how many numbers can we get, which numbers are great, we need them, but how can we really help these agents? So you have to have when you're going to recruit a purpose for them after they come over. I think a lot of times people just recruit to recruit and there's no platform or base for them to actually produce once they're there. So the biggest thing is come from contribution when you're recruiting, actually know that the people that you're bringing in, you can help them produce. So I wasn't going after people who do a hundred million in sales every year because I can't really scale those people. I was looking for people that I can help scale because we use platforms like ZillowFlex, um, OpCity, which is Realtor.com. Um, Ojo Prime Street. So we use live connection leads. So I'm looking for agents looking to grow their businesses. So I don't mind a brand new agent. Um, our ideal agent is two years and under, so I can really get them producing. They'll kind of fall into the platforms that we do, you know, follow our scripts, the way that we do business. I don't really, um, you know, look for people who are again, wanting to scale over a hundred million dollars. I'm not gonna to wanna to do the platforms I'm using. Okay. So I'm looking for those agents. And when NAR shows a 92% failure rate by the second year in real estate, I felt like I had a really good platform. So for me, it was bringing agents on, getting them producing. So the conversations are real simple. I keep my calls 30 minutes. I do not meet agents face-to-face, don't really know what's gonna happen. So I don't take a lot of time to do that. Um, I bring them onto um, that phone call. We do a 30 minute meeting. It's really about what their biggest struggle is. you know when you're recruiting or you're working with buyers or sellers. It's always about their biggest pain and then you see how you can help. So for most of those agents, it's support. Um, they don't really know what they're doing yet or they need to scale their businesses. They maybe only did 6 million last year, and need to get to 12. So I find those things out and that's how I figure out what I need to do with that agent. So conversations are really simple. I just get them on the phone, find out their pain, focus on that pain. I don't sell the brokerage. I don't talk about how great first class is. I don't go into that because it's really not about us. It's really about them. When you're recruiting, it's about that person and then how you can help after. And then you just remember that, you know, even when you're bringing on a lot of people, you write it down. You put it in your CRM. You make sure you know what the pain was for that agent so that you meet that because that's what was important to them. So that to me is recruiting in a nutshell. It's not about a piece of paper and an outline of what your brokerage is about and selling how great we are and all the wonderful stuff we do. It's really about what they need and then how can we meet their need after.
0: I think that is just tremendously succinct and totally on point. Because I mean, if you just read about copywriting and things of that nature, essentially the sales process is to take people from pain to pleasure. Most people are thinking about their pain and they're thinking about what they want. And if you could simply lead them by the hand, talking about their pain, figuring out what their pain is, most people won't even ask that question. What are the biggest challenges you're facing right now? What do you want to accomplish? And if you just tell people how you could help them escape their pain and to accomplish their goals, all of a sudden, you don't really have to sell anything at all. You don't have to talk about how awesome you are or your broker which they won't even ask you any questions about you. 90% of the time exactly. they won't even ask because nobody else is listening to them. Yeah. So I'm curious, did you start with this process from the very beginning or is this something you learned along the way?
1: No, I just feel like that's just a natural me. I think working with buyers and sellers, that's always been my approach is just how can I help? Not about the bottom line. Of course, I'm gonna make a commission at the end, but if I can't get them to what they need or where they need to go, then what's the point? So asking why, what's important to them? What are their must-haves? You know, taking that into recruiting was really simple because it's the same thing. They're still a human that has an, a pain point and we need to help them process that. So how can we get them from A to B, you know, as quick as possible too, right? So speed um, is really important, not wasting them, you know, hours of time. And I'll tell you, I'll be really honest. I think a lot of fault of recruiters is they spend too much time recruiting. They go to lunch they spend an hour two hours sitting with with an agent to where they almost talk the agent out of coming to their brokerage <laughs> so you can almost spend too much time it's kind of like i like to do it where i'll tell you enough and then let me show you the rest not mm-hmm. let me just tell you and how great we are and you know i'll have agents sometimes be like well how much production have you done and i'm like great question i mean I haven't produced anything in five years Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I'm out here making sure that my agents produce, but I can tell you what my agents have done. I've been Mm -hmm. able to take an agent with no production in one year, do 15.9 million off of the leads that I have. That's way better than telling you what I can do. You know, what can I do for you? Not what I could do as an agent.
0: I mean, I can tell talking to you that you do this all the time. (laughs) You're, You're so right, by the way, about talking yourself out of a sale. So, I mean, my partner, Matt Kavanaugh is much better at sales than I am. I've always been more of a marketing guy, but like to put it succinctly sales, like think of it this way when you're asking a question you're putting a deposit in the bank when you're making a statement you're making a withdrawal so you want to make sure that you have a positive surplus in the bank no matter what so i mean the more statements you make the more likely you're going to talk yourself out of a sale exactly really that simple
1: too much time spent and you tend to start talking about yourself when you're with someone too long where it's really not about us like i mean we wouldn't have our brokerages without our agents. The focus is to bring them in, but not just bring them in for a bunch of numbers. It really is to bring them in and then get them producing. you know. That's so cool. that's always the goal. doesn't always happen. It's not always perfect, <laughs> but that is always the goal.
0: Yeah, so I love that you defined a very clear avatar too. So you're like, you're looking at agents under two years. You're looking at agents that you feel like you guys could provide the most value to. So did you look for that avatar from the very beginning or is that something that evolved over time?
1: No, pretty much in the very beginning, because we knew how our model was. Our model is life connection leads. We have great relationships with them, but we need agents that want to do business like that. So back in the day, you can sit in an office and rotate, right? Everybody. Oh, you get the next buyer, that seller that walks in the door. You pick up the next phone call. you got phone time. you got desk time. you got, you know, you don't have that anymore. People don't even want to take a business card It the world has changed. So we are bringing the agents in to take phone calls. You know, and a lot of agents don't that have been in the business for a really long time. That's a hard shift for them to go from somebody who is maybe cold calling or door knocking or doing sales completely different than taking a phone call, following a script that's three to five minutes long, and then getting out within 24 to 48 hours to meet the buyer. We're not doing buyer's consultations. We're not, you know, you're not doing all that. You're meeting the client at the home. You're showing three houses. That's when you're getting to know them. We're not going to a coffee shop. They're not coming into the office. And it is hard to get agents who've been in the business for a while to kind of shift their mindset. Mm -hmm. And so what I really do love, though, is you don't have to be a high producing agent to come into our brokerage and do really well. You know, Mm -hmm. our agents for the entire first class nationwide, our agents were on, you know, number one and number three. We had several in other spots too, but we mm-hmm. were number one and number three with the model that we run. And these are people who were new agents. They weren't some big producers that came on and, you know, our, our number one almost did 20 million for her second year with yep. us. So to me, that's huge. I mean, I love that because our biggest pain, our biggest pain as a real estate industry is most people fail. Mm-hmm. You know, we only have 8% that make it. What type of industry? I mean, you become a doctor, you don't have an 8% chance. (laughs) I I mean, you have a really good chance of doing well. So I think a big failure, um, and it's not saying I'm exclusive, I don't have this happen to me, but a big failure is the brokerages don't give the right support. But bigger than that, they don't have opportunities for their agents. They teach Mm -hmm. the same thing that has always gone on. And so a lot of times when I'm talking to recruits, they say, this conversation is so different. Because Mm -hmm. they're not just being sold. They're also not being told they have to join a team because I don't run a team model. Mm -hmm. Uh, They don't have to just door knock and pass out 100 business cards and call 100 people and do those things that a lot of agents, it's tough for them. Mm -hmm. I want to take people out of their comfort zone by doing it in a way that's effective, not Mm -hmm. taking them out of a a comfort zone with probably like a 0.02 conversion rate
0: of course yeah you're gonna, you want to spend time outside of your comfort zone but you don't want to get pushed outside of it because that's yeah. too uncomfortable right it's an easing process everything is yeah. baby steps right one yes. percent better every day um i think you said something really important like a good reason to target the avatar you do is you're kind of dealing with a blank canvas. It's much easier yes. to paint a blank canvas than something that's like 90% full because everything you tell them might contradict what they already have. And all of a sudden you're in a battle when it's yeah. supposed to be a collaborative process. Right.
1: Yeah, And that hurts because you know that like they come to you cause their pain is they can't get more production and you're trying to tell them how to get that more production, but they've been stuck in a different way, which I get, I did it that way too. And it is a shift, but it is hard to get them to shift sometimes.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I love that you also have like a system for them too. It's like, we're going to kind of plug you into this. I'm sure you give them all the other strategies too, but you probably tell them to focus too. What do you think is like the biggest issue most agents that come over have?
1: Um, just nerves, you know, that they get nervous wanting to, you know, follow that script, um, pick up the phone calls fast. That It's a big thing, but I think bigger than that is that they don't take time to train, you know, top agents train, average agents complain. If you're sitting around complaining about your business, it's because you're not taking the time to train. Anybody who is going to be working on a script should be script training two hours a day. I mean, even if it's one script, like we use one simple script for our phone calls. I know that agents aren't taking two hours a day to do it because I listen to the phone calls, (laughs) but if they did, they would be so highly, effective in their call because it's like a first date. You know, you go on a first date and you're being yourself and you're you're being honest, but if you go on your first date and you don't even remotely plan what you want to talk about, you just kind of show up, you don't get dressed, you just show up in your PJs like you're not ready. You know, you didn't take the time to take your shower, put on your makeup, do your hair and get ready, right? That's script training. Script training is take your shower, put on makeup, get your hair done. Like that's every day you take time to prepare. For that date that introduction that first meet and i think a lot of people don't they just want to show up and hope it works um, but there's perfection in scripts and the reason why scripts are there are to avoid objection objections that's all it is it's not to sell people it's not to paint a picture that's not there it's to avoid objections because a lot of the objections you'll get over the phone need to happen face to face and especially the way we do business sometimes If an agent doesn't follow that script, the client's asking like, well, does it have a fence? This isn't our listing. We don't know. So then the agent has to be like, oh, I can find that out. Where if you just followed that script, the next piece is strength in the way that they speak. You know, there's strength in the way that you speak. When you understand a script and you are very, uh, you know, knowledgeable about it, you say it with strength and power. When you don't, you're like, uh, uh, robot, uh, uh, and then they take over, right? And I think as agents, I refer to us as the doctors, you know, we don't go to the doctor and the, tell the surgeon which leg to, that needs, you know, repair, the, the doctor knows, they're telling you what's about to happen. And we're the doctors of our profession. And I don't think that happens a lot in real estate. Agents want them to kind of lead where we need to be leading conversations, the way the transaction goes, so that we can show them we're good at what we do for the doctor.
0: Absolutely. I'm in 100% agreement with you there. I mean, obviously there's a super high failure rate because most people can't handle the mental battle. They can't handle the constant failure because unfortunately, most agents have to go through three to six months of not doing so well before they find the traction that they're looking for because they need to find that power of confidence in voice. And they need to get good at the script, as you said. And unfortunately, the only way to do so is by constant practice. You could practice in the mirror. You could practice with role playing. But ultimately, getting in the field and doing it with real people is the only way to really get good at it. Everything else helps. Um, I, I love it your, your emphasis on the script because a good script will identify objections before they come up, because then you don't even have to deal with the objections. You can handle objections. You can memorize a, a objection handler for all 20 to 30 that they are. But If you just address it on the front end and you don't even right. have to deal with the objections. So, so.
1: exactly. Well, yeah. that's the big thing with recruiting too, just to circle back to that initial phone call is you handle all their objections. Cause you found out what the pain is. You know how to handle the objections. So when you ask them, do you have any other questions for me? They're like, no, I mean, you answered everything. I mean, I never get people like, well, I'm still kind of curious about this. They're they're always fulfilled in what we just talked about. And that's the biggest thing is you can do that in a short window without diving into every little thing or giving every option out there. You basically heard their pain and you take them on that journey. You're the person who takes them where they need to go. You don't ask them. Does that work for you? Or how does that sound like, no, you are coming to me. I'm about to lead you where you need to go. So now just trust that I'm going to do that. But if you don't follow and do the other pieces, then we're not going to get anywhere. That's why I don't spend too much time. Not every agent is cut out for what we do. But honestly, I actually think we could have a hundred percent success rate if they would just follow what we do. It's just hard. You know, it's just hard. Sometimes life gets in the way. Sometimes Mindset gets in the way, um, you know, and people don't take the time to really invest in themselves, which is the biggest thing for me to get over. Because I'm always like, I can make everyone great. And I had to really, you know, check myself and realize like I can only, uh, Gary Keller says this, he says, so I'm not stealing his line. He says, you can only motivate people. You can't motivate people. And that was really eye-opening to me like my first year in running brokerages because I was always trying to think I could do it all and motivate them to want it but you can just aid the problem if they're already motivated you have the aid if they're not there's really not much you can do so
0: yeah um, I really want to dive into this topic in particular in a little bit more detail I want to double tap on something you said a little bit before first like you said you have to say it with power i think a lot of things a lot of people need to do is just remove some some words from their equation right if they just say something with power i used to say like if that makes sense a lot it's like i just removed that and all of a sudden i'm way more confident it's like i don't say if that makes sense anymore that was a word i had to remove from my vocabulary as soon as that happened i got more sales because i was more confident i said it with power so you can only motivate not motivate so i mean i could relate to this i bought my franchise before I had ever recruited anybody. So I recruited five agents fairly quickly and then I found out that yeah, the 90% failure rate thing isn't something that Tim Winfrey could simply overcome by being amazing. It's going to happen. How do you deal with that emotionally? Because that became a huge emotional struggle for me because I... what did Like Ryan Finch was on the stage and he's like, my job is to change people's lives. I'm like, I want that job. Like I like helping people find houses and I like helping people in general, but changing people's lives sounds a lot funner. And then I was like, wow, this is a lot harder than I thought it would be. It's like, it's really easy, though. You just have to do what I tell you. It's like right. how you motivationally, like, how do you keep yourself motivated and go through that when you deal with so much failure? Because I felt a burden immediately. That was very hard.
1: It's hard. I mean, my first year, it was a little bit of an emotional roller coaster because naturally for me, like, I don't have to be told to come into my office every day. I don't have a boss, but like, I am very motivated. I have four children. They're my whole world. I have to make sure all their needs are met. Like, and I grew up, you know, not having everything I needed. So my motivation as an adult is just to really take care of myself, my family. So every day I wake up, with no problem going into work, right? And so um, I love what I do. And I think that what I realized and after all the emotion and trying to figure it out, trying to think, can, oh, this is going to be a great agent or this agent won't make it. You don't know. Like you, you can't peg them. I realized that you either have a passion for this business or you don't. And the reason why I've had successes. I'm very passionate about what we do. I love that we get to take clients and put them into homes where they're going to create memories. And I think even bigger than that, not everyone gets to live in a house. I, you know, growing up in Chicago, like you see a lot of things happening, right? And um, now being in Atlanta, of course, you are very blessed to just have a roof over your head. And I, at one point in my life didn't have all my needs met and didn't have that. So I think for me, home ownership is just, that simple, like you get to have something that some people don't ever get to have just a roof over your head, right? So there's a lot of passion in that when you can give people that type of security and place that they can can grow in. You, some people don't have a passion for that. I don't think, I think that you have to be absolutely insane to stay in this industry if you don't, because it is tough. It's not easy sometimes. You'll have deals fall apart at the closing table and you were expecting a $16,000 check, right? Like things go wrong. And if you are not passionate and loving it and you think like this business weighs you down and you're so tired of your clients and I turn my phone off at six o'clock because I don't want to hear from the people who are making the biggest investment in their life and trusting me to do it, then just get out because you'd have to be insane to stay in. So what I've realized is Within the first 45 days, I can tell if an agent's going to make it or not, because they have a passion for it or they don't. You can find it out that fast. And then like Joshua Smith says, you allocate your time appropriately. Agents who are very in are going to get all of my time and agents who are just kind of here and there are going to get me here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how I've mentally been able to do it is I focus on the ones that I know have the passion for it. And then I give them my passion for helping them grow their
0: businesses. I love the brevity and succinctness succinctness of that answer. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Things go wrong. They're supposed to go wrong. I mean, this is a complicated transaction. We're not dealing with, you know, groceries at the store, right? So I mean, um, <laughs> yeah. there's multiple parties involved. Every state's different, but you know, we have attorneys in Illinois and we have title companies. We have a buyer's agent, we have a home inspector. There's so many moving parts, appraisals. <laughs> Appraisers. <laughs> yeah. Things are bound to go wrong because there are so many conflicting parties in every transaction. But I mean, it's not about what goes wrong. It's about how you yeah. can fix it. We're in the problem solving business. We're not yeah. really in anything else. Like the better you are at solving problems, the better you get paid. It's really that yeah. simple if you look at it that way it's like this is my job to solve this problem like just take responsibility for every single problem that comes across your plate and try to solve them all the better you get at solving problems the more money you're going to make it's really that simple
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is and if you stay involved in your transactions and you really care about them there's Mm -hmm. nothing that typically goes wrong i didn't have a bunch of terminations Mm -hmm. i I didn't have things that went wrong like it because you're so involved you care so much you want to be part of everything like Uh, You know, I would have people say, oh, you're kind of like a control freak. Mm, Yeah,
0: maybe
1: I'm going to make sure that what I put in play works out. I'm not just going to let it all, you know, hope it all works out. We're going to make sure this gets to where I promised my client it was going to go. And if the lender makes a mistake, that's still on me. So I should have been more involved with that. Like it's all my fault at the end of the day. And I, I live life like that. I'm a big believer that things happen in your life are your fault and even when you feel like they're not things played out a certain way. So especially in real estate you have a huge burden on you if you look at it like that or you have a huge you know transaction that can equate to them getting into the home that they love. Like it's how you look at it. It's all about perception and I think a lot of people find it as a burden, or I have to deal with this client, or they're bugging me again, or, you know, I want my Sundays off, and we're just not in that industry. You know, an agent can call me on Christmas. I'm picking up because my agents have become my clients. I am dedicated to helping them as I would a client. And I don't think every agent realizes that getting into this. They think they're going to be able to work their own hours and whenever they want. And you're like, your life is no longer your own. (laughs) So that is not what's going to happen. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, that—that That is very true. Yeah, that, that, that misconception is obvious. But yeah, I mean, every burden that you inherit is an opportunity that, to look like a rock star for your client. Every one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you said something really important. I got to go back to you said within 45 days, you can have an idea who's going to be successful or not. So what kind of traits are the successful agents showing within a 45 day period? And well, I'll just follow up with a different question afterwards.
1: Yeah. So pretty simple. When an agent comes on for us, they start a training immediately. So it's not 10 hours later or a day later. It's within a minute of them signing paperwork. They're getting the link to start our training, then we're reaching out to them, we're engaging with them. So if they're getting through their initial first week within the time that we need them to, then i already know they're dedicated they're in the system right away they want to work if they waited till the day before our orientation to start their leads probably not someone who's really taking the time that wants to really understand the system so that's first red flag for me but it's not always a deal breaker um after that it's about their way of managing the trainings and the leads so if they're showing up to trainings and my coaching calls I know they're in. If they're making excuses why they can't show up, it's because people choose to do and make excuses for the things they don't want to do. If I say I can't make it, it's because I chose not to. It's truly because I made a decision. Because if I really want to make do something, I'm going to show up to everything, right? Um, so if they're not showing up to trainings, they're not showing up to, to coaching, they're probably not really dedicated to their business. But the bigger piece to that is that they will say that the leads are not good. And I really believe that a lead is only as good as the person on the other end, the professional, right? And so a lead can close today or next year. And when you have a mindset of, I just want a lead who's ready, willing, and able today to close right now, then you're not really creating a career. You're just chasing checks. And I don't work with agents that want to just chase a check. I work with agents that want to build careers that want to build relationships. They want to know that that person isn't just one closing. They show that with life connection leads, it's a potential for 10 to 15 additional closings from that one closing. So if you have that one buyer or that one seller, you're creating a big relationship with them to get more clients from that one client that has been given to you by a lead source that brought you right to your phone. So if you say the leads aren't good, I think, well, then you're probably not looking at this business, right? Because you're going to get some leads that aren't good, meaning that can't close this moment. That doesn't mean you don't want business in six months from now. So within 45 days, typically my agents are either under contract or they should be writing contracts. If they're doing none of that, it's not because of my leads. Because I get way too many leads. Like, I mean, I have agents that can get 50 leads in a week. These are live connection leads to your phone with high conversion rates. I just need them to speak to them and to meet them. So if I see within 45 days they're not meeting with people, it's done. It's a wrap. I mean, i cut the leads off. I typically let people go. And that's why I don't have 800 agents in my office is because I don't waste a lot of time with people who don't have a passion for this business, because then my name is out there as somebody who has agents working with clients that they don't really care that much about. They just care about the check
0: yeah and the check doesn't even matter the more you care about the person that you're trying to help the more money you're going to make it's really that simple like the go-giver mindset is Mm -hmm. one of the most commonalities we find here like the people that give the most get the most back and it's just without question like Mm -hmm. and and every lead is an opportunity to start a relationship so that person doesn't necessarily need to buy or sell that person might know somebody that can buy or sell so the goal for me Especially recently is to turn every client into two more clients, right? So it's not not only did I get this person, but I want them to refer me to people or Like that should be a very very intentional strategy because if you do it right, it is actually not too hard to actually accomplish because you just ask for referrals, just ask for them and you will get them. And it's not only that, but relationships with any type of business owner is valuable for a real estate agent because that can lead to repeat business, um, especially in corollary industries, like even mm-hmm. stuff like an HVAC guy. If you become the realtor, they happen to be talking to people that are moving a lot because who needs a new furnace? who's is gonna sell their house, they might need a new furnace, right? So I mean, this relationship might not be a buyer right now, but it could be a referral relationship that is worth a ton more. And if you don't dig deeper, you're just never going to find out.
1: No. And you just, like you said, you don't know who's going to give you business. I mean, we've had agents that the sister went with the brother on Mm -hmm. the, the showing, but the brother was unqualified, but she was able to list the sister's house because she did a great job. It wasn't just like, oh, he can't qualify next it's just you can't do business like that we are in a relationship building industry like this isn't about selling people houses we don't really sell houses like we just show up here's the house we sell ourselves right we sell our value and if you're not an agent who's training and um, getting the support you need and getting the opportunities you need then you're really not ever going to build those relationships because you don't have a lot of value to bring a brand new agent gets nervous in our office to go out because they're like well i don't know that much and i'm like but you know enough you know how to come from contribution you know the basics of opening up a door you know to take you know that client in and show them around and you know to ask questions Mm -hmm. why is that important to you what you know who's going to be living in that property with you what are some of the needs that you have what are some of your deal breakers like you, you know enough because you're gathering information. Now you take it to me and I'm going to help you. And now you take it to the lender and they're going to help them. Like you you have people in place all around you. It's a it's a big support system, you know, mm-hmm. like the lending process. You have the lender. You have the, um, you know, underwriter. You have the processor. It's not just the lender who's doing all those steps. They lean on other people. And I think for agents, they need to be able to lean on their brokerage, their coaching, their, mm-hmm. their people who are training them to get that support. They don't need to know everything. And I've been in the business for a a while. I still don't know everything. They change contracts all the time on us. Once (laughs) they think we of it. So we are, I personally am in constant learning phase. Mm -hmm. I have to learn because I have to be one step ahead of my agents or they're gonna be schooling me and have no trust and value in me. Mm -hmm. So they have to be one step ahead of their clients. So there's trust and value in them.
0: Well, that's what's so important. I think people fail to realize. So experience is relative. So your agents, even brand new agents, know more about real estate than most people that are buying. So they simply need to know more than that person. And I think questions lead to confessions. The more questions you ask, the better off you are. Like even like my favorite thing, like if I ever get stuck on a sales call, I will just say whatever they said back to them. And it's like, when you say this, what do you mean? And that'll give me, three to four minutes to figure out what I wanna say next. And they're gonna dive deeper into what they mean because that question tells them that they did not tell me succinctly enough. So they're gonna go into more detail. (laughs) So not only do they go into more detail, but I get time to build what I want to do based off of that one question. So I love how you said questions, because they're anything like, you could just rephrase what they just said and say, what do you mean when you say that? Socratic questioning is the answer if you don't know what to say.
1: (laughs) Always, I tell them, ask why. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you know, I really like to have a big backyard. Why is a big backyard important to you? Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, well, we're going to have dogs or we, you know, we just really like to have privacy. Oh, so, you know, is a neighbor behind you an issue? Because people will end up showing 60 plus properties and they're like, oh, my client's so picky. And it's like, is, are they picky? Or are maybe you not asking the right questions to find out what they really want, you mm-hmm. know, or what they really need. And then they go back and typically can get that under contract real fast. That's pieces of coaching. I tell Mm -hmm. our agents like bug me every day, 50 times a week, if you need to, because then at least I know you're doing business. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would rather you bug me because I don't have the time to bug you, you know, but if you're bugging me, I have the time. I just don't have the time to bug you because that means I'm pushing you. Mm -hmm. If you're bugging me, that means we're pushing together. You know, we're rowing in the same ship. I can't just row by myself. Mm-hmm. I, was, I just won't even
0: get the boat. <laughs> Absolutely, I love that. Well, if you're rowing yourself, you're rowing in circles, right? I mean, that's yeah. how that ends up going. That's yeah, that's a lose like, lose. Um, nice. So. I love that you said, like, all you need to do is open the door. I'm second generation. Like, my dad told me that. I was like, how do I show a house, man? He's like, open the door. And I'm like, what? He's like, just talk to them. And it's like, okay. Um, But, like, for a new agent, that doesn't make sense because you think you're supposed to sell something to them. And it's like, no, if you find them in the right house, the house sells itself. Like, we don't need to sell anything. We need to negotiate. And we need to lead them through the process. And we need to play therapist um, a lot. Um, But, I mean, it's so much relationship and not selling houses. Like, that is so on point.
1: It is. And understanding that they're going through and trusting you with the biggest investment, you know, like I I just want agents to care so much about their clients that they don't get irritated with them or if your client's kind of having an off day and maybe a little annoyed by what's happening in the transaction that you, Take it off of them, you know, or you don't bring them things they don't need to know about. That the other listing agent wasn't was kind of being rude today. Listing agents kind of being rude today. You don't need to tell them that; they don't need to know that. This is that's your burden to carry, right? Let's hide some things that are not needed for them to know about drama that happens in our industry because it's not always smooth, as we know.
0: Of course, and it doesn't benefit them to know. It's like why would you tell them anyways? It's yeah, that is definitely your burden to carry so i I have a challenging question now you said forty five days is usually your number. You have to have a couple agents that surprised you so like yeah. Do you have any that like and what was the window because I could tell you I was kind of a late bloomer It was definitely way longer than 45 days for me because it yeah. was the mental battle like it wasn't strategy It's never strategy, right? Like I needed to figure I, out like failures Okay, and you have to brace it because like I hated the feeling of failure, right? Like I yeah. hated it <laughs> So like what kind of late bloomers did you have like some surprise stories that you know, they, they curbed the trend
1: Yeah. Well, I think the initial is always that they kept coming to trainings, even if they were like, I'm super nervous to take this phone call. I don't even want to work with clients yet, but they showed up to every single training. I still think that they have a chance. No problem. It's just that it's taking them a little bit longer, but they're investing in themselves to get better. That's the only time it will ever. And it's not a surprise. I've never had anybody ever, 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 ever after 45 days that you know, didn't come to trainings that that actually did anything. 100% of the time they don't, but doesn't mean that in 45 days, if they weren't writing an offer or they weren't going out with clients that they can't make it. The late bloomers that invest time in themselves that are coming to trainings, they always do well. They may start later, and I have a couple of those that I, right off the top of my head, that started later for whatever reasons, took way longer to get under contract than I like to see because I just like to have my numbers, right? But they still did really well, and they made up for it later in their career, but they took longer because they're more methodical thinkers, You know, salespeople, we're not typically methodical thinkers. We're typically high D personalities. We run through walls. We don't think everything through. We just go, you know, that is me. I don't really think everything through. Uh, But those methodical thinkers, they are people who are a little bit more cautious. Doesn't mean they're not good salespeople because they're going to really make sure that contract's perfect, right? They're the ones who give me their first contract where everything is amazing because they've looked over the contract videos I've given them a hundred times. The ones where they have things missing are typically the ones that they got a contract within two weeks of coming on board. They went through it fast. They just want to see if it's good. So there's pluses and minuses to people, right? We're not all great at everything. I have tons of flaws, but what makes an agent great is an agent who invests time in themselves. Just like anything, if you're going to go to the gym, but you only go once a week and then you go home and eat, five burgers and you're like i don't know why i'm losing weight because you're not investing in yourself right you're not taking the time to go to the gym consistently and i think that's really all it is is they consistently come to train they consistently try to invest in themselves so i'm never shocked on the ones who don't come to training they never they don't make it 100 percent of the time
0: that's wonderful thank you for that clarity that's awesome And yeah i mean not. I- you could realistically sell a house within ninety days. That's totally possible. Yeah. It's typically the exception, right? I tell people a reasonable expectation is somewhere between six months and two years. You could be really good at yeah. this.
1: Somewhere yeah. in that time but I don't have those numbers. Yeah. I don't have those numbers. I mean, I have people that come on board will have five or ten closed within four months. Oh, wow. Like I don't have those numbers at all because I have opportunities. I have yeah. so many opportunities, but I do have those agents sometimes. That take ninety days. Mm-hmm. They take never six months, but take ninety days, maybe you know, one hundred twenty days before they are really active in getting some stuff under contract. But the norm for me is much faster because they're getting trained, they're getting access to us, they have massive support. But bigger than that, they have Zillow leads and UpCity's leads and Ojo's leads, and most yeah. people are finding their agent online. You know, mm-hmm. they're not finding them in an office. They're not even finding them from friends. I mean, you have family members that won't even use you because they don't want you to know their business. It's Mm -hmm. not like, go tell your friends and family that you're a business. Most of the time, they're like, you're a brand new agent. No, thanks. I don't even want to use you. Mm -hmm. So what we really have going for us that's good is I take the time to train to know how to convert leads online. And I take the time to teach them how to do it. And then Zillow graciously gives us the call. (laughs) And we just take it. So we can get them fast. Mm -hmm. but I need them to invest the time and need to
0: pick up the phone. I need to pick up the phone. It's important. Um, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, getting flooded with opportunity like that, it makes it hard to fail. Essentially. You just have to do, I mean, it's, it's easy as doing what I tell you to do, even if I have a broad strategy that you need to execute yourself, but it's like, if you're getting pummeled with leads and you're not converting them, obviously you're the problem. Look at the mirror. Um, it's
1: It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to tell people that, like, yeah. you're actually the problem. It's not the leads. It's, mm-hmm. it's you, And, and mm-hmm. it is hard because nobody wants to hear it's them. I never want to hear I'm wrong, ever. No. <laughs> you tell me I'm wrong. I'm going to have to take a moment to think about that. <laughs> nobody <laughs> wants to be wrong.
0: Yeah. That is <laughs> but cool. I am
1: wrong a lot. so.
0: We yeah. all are. We all we are. are. Um, it happens.
1: <laughs> awesome. This
0: has been so cool, Melanie. Like what is your guys' vision for the next twelve months? What are you guys working at over there?
1: Yeah, so you know, we just got good news with our Zillow account that we've, you know, kind of moved into this select network. So we're getting some really new opportunities for our agents. So more vetted leads coming in set appointments. So that's gonna take a lot of time that they've been investing and taking those phone calls away so i'm pretty excited to see what type of growth we can get from you know limiting some of our agents um time that they have to spend doing that so growth with our life connection leads is always really important to us Um, growth opportunities for the current agents that we have is a little bit more of a shift for the next 12 months Um, usually i'm heavily recruiting i want to see 10 to 20 you know 10 to 20 plus agents every month coming into the brokerage. Um, But I'm going to scale that down a little bit right now and and focus more maybe five to 10 agents max every month because I need to be able to give more time to dedicate to our current agents. So the next 12 months retention is a really big focus of mine where normally it's just about scale. How many agents can we bring in? How fast can we get them producing? Where I have a lot of good producers and I want to make sure that we keep not just doing what we're currently doing, but excelling and doing more for them. Um, So a lot of my time is being invested in, um, you know, growth with our, you know, growth partners with our lead sources, how to get more, how to scale it. We don't have Zillow yet in Florida. So bringing Zillow down into Florida. Um, So investing a lot of time in retention and our live connection lead sources. And mortgage. You know we're big mortgage people too, so <laughs> a lot of lot going on in mortgage too. So
0: there you go. Yeah, absolutely. One of the easiest ways to make more money is to make more money from the same transactions instead of looking for more. Well, and
1: for our agents, exactly. So with the mortgage company now I can give marketing agreements to our right. agents, so now they have another piece to that. They have another part that they're putting time and using and trusting us with the lenders we have, and now they get to get marketing agreements. When we went to a conference and spoke not too long ago. We barely had any hands raised that agents were getting marketing agreements. So that's a big focus for us this year is how can we make sure that every agent in our office has a really good marketing agreement for an additional revenue source?
0: Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. So obviously you have a ton of opportunity for agents, especially if they're two years or less. You have an avatar. If anybody out there is listening, what is the best way to get in touch with you? And you guys are active in multiple states. So give them an idea where you can help them also.
1: Yeah. So Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama. Um, We're still working on a couple other areas, but we're not there yet. And getting a hold of me, I mean, I'm happy to give people my phone number, like call me. If you're an agent and you're looking to scale your business and you're in those states, we can kind of give you the roadmap of of what we're doing. So um, give them my phone number.
0: All right. Your phone number will be in the in the in the section below. You will, you can yep. reach out to Melanie. She's obviously got a heart oh. out to help, but you have to do the work. She's going to know if you're good or not within 45 days. So feel the pressure before you give her a call. Um, Melanie McGuire, this has been absolutely tremendous. Thank you so much yeah. for giving us a glimpse into your life and into your business. And to those of you out there chasing freedom, freedom is accomplished one action at a time. So go out there and commit to taking massive action, as Melanie just said if you do not make it in real estate. First off, you could find out within 45 days whether or not you're putting the right amount of effort. So it's really up to you. So don't forget to look in the mirror and also tell somebody now that will help hold you accountable. And before you know it, you too will be living the life of freedom. So thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one.